Good morning, good afternoon, good night, wherever you are, whatever time it is, welcome to Teacher Tired. Let's talk about belonging. <laughs> it's in our human nature to want to belong, to have a group of people in which we confide in, relate to, and love. It's just our nature. We have an innate instinct to want to be wanted, to want to be loved. And it's even more powerful in children. As a child, all they want is nothing more than to be loved and to love. That is why I love children so much. That is what makes them such a powerful being in our world. They just simply need love. They just want to love and they want to belong. They want to feel accepted and they just want to feel loved everywhere they go and from everyone that they interact with. Now, let's talk solely about the classroom because I'm no parenting expert and have no experience in that field, but one of my many, many passions and talents is making sure that my students in my classroom feel accepted, that they feel loved, and that they feel wanted no matter what. You're going to hear me say that a couple of times. No matter their skin color, no matter what their hair looks like, no matter what foods that they eat, no matter what language they speak at home, no matter what. Now, the reason I believe I'm so passionate about this is because it's something that I personally grew up with. It is something that I experienced, um, and it's something that I can personally relate to. I am a Latina who grew up in a predominantly white upper-class community. I noticed at a very, very, very young age that the pasteles that I was eating at Christmas dinner is not what my peers were eating at Christmas dinner. <laughs> and while Spanish was not really the you know, main language spoken in my household, it was still a strong part of my family history and my life. I noticed that the dark hair on my arms and the uncontrollable waves or the curls that fell in a certain way around my face growing up were getting harder and harder to straighten and hide. <laughs> it isn't something I'd say I'd struggled with, but it is something I noticed and was aware of pretty early on. And today I'm thankful for all of those differences and where they brought me as an adult. And honestly, as I get older, I wish I would have embraced some more of those differences and kind of dove into my culture a little bit more. But for a child, it can be hard, especially when not taught how to handle or accept others around you. Now, I want to remind you, these are children. They're being taught how to live. They're being taught how to function in a society, how to grow in this world. Oftentimes, we think children just pop out and they're the way that they are. And yeah, that's true for certain aspects, but I'm talking about acceptance and love and kindness and appreciation. Those are learned things. They are learning. It is important to remember that children are not perfect. They shouldn't be. That's the whole point. They're learning. That's why they're at school. That's why we exist as teachers. 
That's why we have the ability to shape minds and make a difference and change lives. When it comes to love and acceptance and embracing differences around the room, children must be taught how to do those things. They're not just born knowing how to do those things. They have to learn them through parenting, through teaching, through school, through exposure, through experience, through books. They have to learn these things from exposure. And I believe as educators, it's our job to not only continue to learn and educate ourselves about inclusivity and exposing our students to diversity conversations and how to do all of those things, but I also believe it's our job to 100% model and expose them to these tough conversations about what it means to be accepting, about what it means to love, no matter what, no matter what. Now, I'm going to tell you how I introduce the topic within my classroom, and then I'm going to go into ways that I incorporate these conversations into our daily routine. But first, I want to say that my introduction to this topic is going to be based off of my personal life. It's going to look different for all teachers and everyone else out there because this is based off of my personal being and my history. So it's important to find a way to introduce it in a way that you know your students can feel included. If you want to use me as an example and pretend to be me for the sake of the lesson, go for it. I completely give you the honor to say, here's Miss Trewortha's example. And that is totally up to you. But I also want to remind you that I teach kindergarten, and most of you know that sounds a lot different than other classrooms. So take it and tweak it for your own audience and do whatever you have to. This is just how I introduce the topic. Now, I start on day one of school, guys. This is an important topic for your children and your students, and I start on day one. I start out by introducing myself, and I tell them, Hi, I'm Miss Trewartha. I have a dog named Griffin. I love Reese cups and I love to climb mountains and travel around the world. Then I grab my globe or a map of the world. <coughs> Excuse me. So I grab a map or possibly a globe and I teach them a small history of lesson of where I'm from. I point to Arizona and I tell them this is where we live, this is where we go to school, and this is where I live. But a long, long, long time ago, my family moved here from a far, far place called Puerto Rico. And I point to it. And I say, the people over there, my family, and the people that still live there, they speak a whole different language. They eat entirely different food. And they even listen to different music. Their skin color is different, their hair is different, and they even celebrate things like Christmas and Easter a little different than we might. And that's why my skin color is the way it is. And that's why my hair has these funny looking curls around the front. And that's why my arms have this dark hair on it. And that's why sometimes I have a funny accent when I say certain words. It's all of because where my family came from a long, long time ago. And then I ask my class this. I say, okay, so I have some questions for you. And you guys can all answer yes or no. 
So because my family speaks another language, does that mean you should not love me? And they all go, no. Just because my hair is different than yours, does that mean you wouldn't want to be my friend? Just because my skin is darker than yours or maybe lighter than someone else's, does that mean we can't play together? So what do all those mean? What do all my differences mean? It means I'm different, right? And being different is amazing. It's amazing. It means I can be my very own person. And so can you. And so can you. And so can you. And so can you. We're all different. And that makes us all special. So just because we have different hair or different skin or even eat different foods, does that mean we should not be kind to those people or not play with those people or not share with them? No. It's important to know those things because this year we're going to be talking about all different kinds of people and how we can love them even though they are different. We're going to learn how to embrace them and accept them even though they may be different. Okay, so obviously that sounds very kindergarten-esque, but that's my cup of tea and that's my ballpark. And so that ends my introduction into the school year, basically. That is how I introduce diversity into my classroom. I do it on day one and I use myself as an example. Then I continue on each and every single day talking about acceptance and making sure my students have a sense of belonging making sure every single one of them feels loved, feels the kindness, regardless of their differences. Now, before I go into telling you how I do it in my classroom specifically each and every day, I want you to think about this for a second. If your students do not feel connected or a sense of belonging or accepted or loved or kindness, what happens? I want, you to just, I want you to just close your eyes and think about that for a second. If your students do not feel loved, if they do not feel like they belong, or they don't even have anyone to relate to, what happens? Most likely, they shut down. Most likely, there's a learning gap. Most likely, they're not retaining information. All of those things are connected to them feeling like they belong, feeling like they're accepted in the classroom. And it doesn't come from just being kind and teaching our students how to be kind. It comes from them feeling like they can relate, feeling accepted regardless of what they look like or what they like, no matter what. So I believe it's our job as educators, shorten that learning gap and make our students feel accepted. And then they can go out into the world and know what it's like to one, be accepted and know how to accept. Okay. So 
Here are five ways that I allow my students to embrace the differences within my classroom. These are five very, very specific ways in which you can think about and you can take into your classroom, okay? Now, if you follow me on Instagram, this is something that I'm going to continue to talk about and show within my Instagram and show within my classroom once I go back into the classroom, because right now I'm on summer break, um, I'm going to show a lot more of this in detail on how I do it, what books we're reading, et cetera. But for now, these are the five ways that I allow my students to fully embrace their differences within my classroom. The number one thing is through their experiences, okay? I provide opportunities for my students to collaborate, to build, to play, and build friendships with all different kinds of kids, with all different kinds of differences, Now, I am very, very, very fortunate and thankful that I work in an extremely diverse school. So I have the opportunity to allow my students to experience those things every day just by fault because they're in a very diverse situation. But that doesn't mean we don't talk about it. That doesn't mean it's just automatically accepted. We still talk about it. I teach them how to love and work together no matter what. (laughs) No matter what, okay? Number two, their environment. I surround my students with other cultures. I expose them to new foods. We talk about different languages, different clothing. We discuss multicultural topics and events going on within our community or around the world, They may not fully understand what's going on, but I try my best to show them and expose them to what's going on so that when they go home and they hear mom and dad talking about it, they have a sense of what's going on, okay? I make sure that their toys, their books, everything that they're holding and touching, their YouTube videos that I'm playing, the educational games that we're playing, I make sure that all of those things have a representation of all my students, If they're not being represented in all of those things, they're not being relatable or those things are not being relatable to my students. And I know as a teacher, if something is not relatable, it's probably not being retained. If you cannot relate to that topic, it's a lot harder to remember it, (laughs) right? Think about in college or just in your professional development, think about the conversations we have along the lines of wanting our students to enjoy the lesson, okay? So I have a really good example of this. I was teaching third grade, and Fortnite was a really big topic of discussion. And I had a really hard time getting my students to understand, um, I think we were talking about communities. Like, I think we were talking about the difference between a town and a city. Um, I can't quite remember, but I knew that my students were interested in Fortnite. So what I did is I made the lesson relatable. I made sure that the lesson could be taught in a language of Fortnite so that they would understand the difference between a city and a town or whatever it is I was teaching. I made that lesson relatable. Why? Because it's going to allow my students to retain the information a lot better. This is the same thing with differences and diversity. If your students are not being represented, if your students cannot feel a sense of relation to what you are teaching, it's a lot harder for them to retain the information. 
So allowing your students to have other cultures in their games, in their videos, in their books, in their toys, <laughs> that gives them the sense of feeling like they can relate. Okay? Number three, books. Now, again, if you follow me on Instagram, I am going to be posting this like crazy because I am obsessed with children books. It's one of my favorite things in the whole world. Um, and I can't stop spending my money on them. <laughs> so you're going to see it a lot on my Instagram. But there's a quote by Rudine Sims Bishop that I love and kind of says it all. It says this, children books should be mirrors that allow them to see themselves in their own experiences, windows that they can look through and see other worlds that they can compare to their own, and sliding glass doors that allow them to enter other worlds. I absolutely love that quote, and it's something that I am going to print out this year and put on my desk. This is something that I want to hold true when it comes to the books that I'm exposing my students to. Now listen to this. According to the University of Wisconsin Corporate Children's Book Center, here is how race is represented currently in children's books. 50% is white. 27% is animals or other things. 10% is black. 7% is Asian. 5 percent is Hispanic, and one percent is Native American. Guys, my classroom is 75 percent Hispanic this year. How am I supposed to work with the five percent represented in children's books? I do it, and I make, a, I make a point to do it, but those numbers hurt my heart. Young children, especially in my age range that I teach in, learn and develop their understanding of the world and lots of other topics, social-emotional topics, from books. It's my belief that our books should represent our students, include social-emotional learning, and expose them to world issues in which they feel like they have a voice, in which they feel like they can stand up for in the future. Those percentages make me sad because, back to that quote by Rudine Sims Bishop, those percentages don't show the windows to the world that they can look through or the sliding glass door that allows them to enter into other worlds. It doesn't, it doesn't do that. So we as teachers have to work really hard to either <laughs> write children's books, <laughs> which I don't, I'm not going to do, or work really hard on using those percentages to our benefit. Now, when I look at my classroom, my classroom is 75% Hispanic. I have a huge Hispanic population in my room, um, and which is amazing because I can directly relate to that, but I have to work with that 5% of children's books, right? Okay, and that 10% black. I have to use those small percentages and bring them into my classroom. It's doable, but I want you to think about it. I challenge you to think about it. Before you, I, I always joke about Pete the Cat. I love Pete the Cat. The kids love Pete the Cat. It's the funniest thing in the world to them, but it's not relatable. My kids are not cats. 
So when we go to talk about Pete the Cat like four weeks later, they don't know. They know he has new shoes. They don't know what the whole idea behind the book was. But when we talk about the kid who has the crazy hair and he accepts and loves his hair no matter what, when we talk about that four weeks later, they can relate. And they can tell me exactly what that book was about. So I challenge you to think about the books you pick up. Think about the relation to them. Is it relatable? Because once it's relatable, it's a lot easier for them to retain. Okay. Number four, discussion. Discussion, discussion, discussion. Talking about it is exposure. I allow my students to embrace differences through discussion every single day. Every single day. I use my morning meeting time to have these discussions and questions and topics to teach them in every one of those discussions that being different does not equal less value. In our morning meetings, we'll often talk about differences and similarities between things, right? One of my favorite conversations is who has one mom or maybe two moms or who doesn't live with their parents, Possibly who lives with just one of their parents. We make it a point to get to know each other on a deeper level that allows us to expose all of our differences. And then I teach my kids how to love each other regardless of those differences. Okay. Then we spend a lot of time on critical thinking questions. We discuss topics and talk about whether or not we think they're fair or unfair. Why? Why not? We'll talk about the difference between kind and unkind actions and then how we can turn unkind actions into kind actions. In conclusion to a lot of these topics, we'll then talk about ways in which we can deal with or stand up for ourselves in hurtful situations. I tell my students that we're all learning. We are not perfect. And if someone's unkind to you, remember that they're still learning. But I also want you to know how to stand up for yourself. I teach them things like stick out your hand and say, stop, I do not like that. Or I am your friend, but I do not want to play with you right now. Or I do not like the way you're talking to me. Can you please be kind? And my favorite of all is I tell them this quote and I make them remember it all year. The best way to have a friend is to be one. Okay. Number five, the fifth thing and the most important thing that allows my students to embrace differences is modeling. All in all, if you are not doing these things in your personal life, your professional life, and practicing them and putting them to use as a teacher, as an adult in this society that you are trying to shape minds for, you need to start now. You are the spokesperson for those children. You are the model. You are the representation of what those children will want to become one day. You're the spokesperson for your classroom. I think this goes without saying, but in order to teach all of those things to your students, you must model them first. You must model love. You must model acceptance no matter what. What? You must first truly believe in 
all of those things before you bring them to your class. I have a really hard time with this because I think it's natural. <laughs> I love my kids. I love my students no matter what. I have a very deep, deep, deep love for these kids, um, whether or not they're one of my biggest pains or my biggest challenge in my classroom. I love them and I, I, I fight and fight and fight and I do whatever it takes for those kids. And so to me, this is so natural and it's really easy for me to model and it's really easy for me to explain, but I have my moments. I have my moments where I could have done better. And you know what I do? I bring it up to my kids. I tell them, you know, Miss Truworth, I probably didn't handle that very well. I didn't mean to yell. Let's talk about why I was frustrated. This is why I was frustrated, but I still love you. Do you still love me? Yes. And then we move on. Okay? You have to be the model. You have to be the one to bring up those discussions. Read those books. Create the environment. Create the experiences. That's up to you. Guys, it starts with us. I say that as teachers. It starts with us. We literally need to be the change we want to see in the world because the change we want to see in the world is sitting right in front of us. The change we want to see is sitting in front of us when we read a book, is sitting in front of us when we teach a lesson, is sitting in front of us when we give a test. How are you modeling kindness? How are you modeling acceptance? Because the change that you want to see in the world is sitting right in front of you. And it starts with us. It starts with us. Expose them to difficult conversations. Expose them to how to handle those conversations. How to handle conflict. And talk about it. Do not stop talking about it. I talk about it every single day in my classroom sometimes twice or three times a day, depending on what books we're reading, okay? Talk about the sense of belonging. Talk about acceptance. It's important to bring it up, especially for children, okay? With that said, I want to say thank you for listening. <laughs> this is probably one of the most passionate topics I've had um, or talked about. Thank you for listening and always coming back to Teacher Tired. This podcast truly allows me to speak my voice and give my voice and speak my opinion. But this is probably one of the biggest topics that I hope you hold true and I hope that you hold on to and can bring into your classroom every single day. So follow me at joe.truwartha on Instagram for more detailed information, book examples, topics of discussion. I'm going to be posting a lot more on there probably come August when I'm actually doing them in the classroom. So Take a look. If you need resources, if you need any of that stuff, guys, it's out there. It's just a matter of finding it. So if you need anything, please DM me, message me, whatever you have to do. <laughs> we can do it. It starts with us. And again, thank you for listening.